Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Gonna throw another log on the fire this morning. It's a frosty one in the 58104 in the greater Fargo Moorhead area this weekend. Got my big thick sweater on, some mittens, a stocking hat, but. Tell you what, folks, the way North Dakota State is playing, I don't care if the weather is 25 degrees, 52 degrees, or the balmy 72 degrees inside the Fargo Dome on Saturdays. This is Heard It Here with Swanee, and what a weekend. What a weekend for the Bison coming off a big, big 21-17 win over South Dakota State in the Missouri Valley football conference opener before 18,846 fans at the Dome. And it was it was a four-quarter, 60-minute football game between two heavyweights in the good guy's corner. The bison coming out. But it was the bad guys, those dastardly jack rabbits that threw the first punch out of the gate going 89 yards and 10 plays, eating up six minutes of the clock in the first quarter to strike pay dirt first and jump out to their only lead of the game to go up 7-0. to zero. And it was looking like they might put up a, a second touchdown or field goal before Jalen Allison made what was probably the play of the game and in intercepting Taron Christian down in the end zone when South Dakota State was looking to go up 10 or 14 to 0. And I looked, I've, I've been sitting around, folks, the same people in the Fargo Dome for about the last 10 years, the same group of people Mom, Pa, Swanee, our, our friends from back home, and Maddock, Russ Sorensen, and his wife. We had the, the same group of really good, really good people like many of you. And when that happened, I leaned to the guys in front of me and said, That might be the play of the game. I said, If this, this game is going to be four quarters like we all think it will be, that might be the play of the game, and it turned out to be a tremendous play, precipitous, as it were, with Jalen Allison and Robbie Grimsley confusing Terrence Christian. And, and what they had to say during the post-game press conference was that Christian didn't even account for him or see Jalen there. He got the interception. North Dakota State responds, going seven plays, 69 yards. Ben Ellison, the big tight end, local boy from Holly, the Holly Nuggets, and this Nugget struck gold with a 17-yard touchdown pass. And, and I'll tell you what, what Coach Kleiman said last week at his weekly press conference, I had asked him, said, Coach, how important, how important is it to, to strike early to get that lead? Because the last few times we've played the, the Jack Rabbits, they've jumped out of the gate first. And he said, you know, Swan, it's not so much the, the, that first touchdown. It's not so much getting ahead. It's the counterpunch. It's the counterpunch that's going to decide this football game. How will our team respond 
to adversity. If if there's a turnover, can we turn that into points? Conversely, if South Dakota State gets a big play, can we put the brakes on and keep them out of the end zone? And that was a difference in the football game. That was a difference. North Dakota State was the better counterpuncher. When South Dakota State had an opportunity to go up two scores early, it was Jalen Allison with the big, big counterpunch, right? So North Dakota State goes up 14-7 to after a big 41-yard pass play to Darius Shepard. And he's a guy, Darius Shepard is emerging this year in his senior season. Now, he's an all-conference performer. He was all-conference last year. He had the big 50-yard touchdown against the James and Madison Dukes down in Frisco last January. But through the first four games of the year, Darius Shepard is emerging as one of the biggest playmakers in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. That's a threat to go the distance every time that he touches the ball. And he had a second touchdown that was called back on an offensive pass interference. And there's that counterpunch again. There it is. North Dakota State gets what looks to be a touchdown to tie the game early, 7-7, to but no! No, 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 there's yellow, yellow laundry on the field. We got a flag. I'm looking around to the people I'm sitting next to saying, no, you got to be kidding me, a flag? Darius didn't push off. There was no pass interference there. Turns out they whistled a North Dakota State tight end away from the football. So that touchdown comes off the board. North Dakota finds themselves in a third and 21. And that's a tough, tough spot to be in for any offense. Because I'll tell you this, folks, and you don't need to be a constitutional scholar at offensive play calling. You don't need to be a great offensive mind to know that a third and 21 is an awfully tough down to pick up. But here comes Easton Stick. Number 12, and down the stretch he comes. He's rounding the corner. He's to the man, and that's a first down, Bison. That was a big play. That was a counterpunch. Easton Stick breaks the back of the South Dakota State defense early, throws the counterpunch. North Dakota State converts that into a Ben Ellison touchdown, and it's 7-7. Let's fast forward. Let's go late into the ballgame. Let's go late into the ballgame. North Dakota State's defense after... And I don't want to say a rocky start. Give credit to South Dakota State. They had some things they scripted early, some things that hadn't been put on tape, and they matriculated the ball down the football field to score against the Bison. But after that, Code Green really settled down. And South Dakota State stayed at seven points until 4.57 left in the third quarter when Chase Venateri, cousin of Adam Venateri, one of the guys, he's a junior. I don't know how that works. Chase Vinatieri has seemingly been playing for the Jackrabbits since the Reagan administration, but he boots through a 39-yard field goal to make it 14-10. to North Dakota State gets the ball back. The Bison are driving, and they have a turnover. They get down into, uh, inside the SDSU's 40, 35-yard line. Easton Stick throws an interception, but the Bison defense comes up big again. Until Isaac Wallace, in fact, I think I got my facts wrong, which is fine. Generally, we're, we're kind of on the right track here. It's a Saturday morning. It's cold. I've got my coffee here warming my hands up at the 
mothership on 25th Street and Fargo, just off 13th Avenue. Isaac Wallace, SDSU's speedy running back, turns around the corner. There must have been a breakdown in North Dakota State's defense, a miscommunication, because once he hit the perimeter, that guy was gone. 61-yard touchdown. Gives SDSU a 17-14 lead. But wait! There's the counterpunch. North Dakota State gets the ball back late in the third. And they go 80 yards. A big 8-0 in eight plays to take the lead back. The response, the counterpunch. It's the Bison landing an uppercut, sending the Jacks to the canvas. 21-17 Bison, 13 minutes left. And there you get that feeling. In a football game like that, North Dakota State's up four points. So South Dakota State needs a touchdown to win that game. And you just know, you know that every single play is magnified that much more because as Grandpa Swanee and Pa Swanee and great-grandpa Swanee used to say, we're running out of daylight. And that clock, like sands of an hourglass, she ticked down, tick, 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 tick. And North Dakota State's offense is forced to punt by midfield. Couldn't convert a third down. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got to punt it to Terry and Christian. And we've seen this movie before. But Garrett Wagner, man, that dude is emerging. A punter. Garrett Wagner pins the Jacks at their own seven-yard line right in front of the Bison student section, and they got after it, man. Code Green got after it and held South Dakota State to a three and out. So the Bison get the ball back, and there's three minutes and change on the clock, and we talked about it here last week, folks. We talked about it. We've talked about it before. Chase Miller and I have talked about it. Nolan P. Schmidt and I have talked about it. What quarterback in that situation is going to take care of business for his team? Or is it the defense coming up with a stop as so many of these big games come down to the ball in your best player's hands, number 12 from Creighton Prep in Omaha, Nebraska, Easton Stick. And he was masterful that last drive. Chris Kleiman, head coach for the Bison, says, I told him make a play. I told him this one's on you, big fella. You make a play and you get us out of this and you bring us home. You bring us to the promised land. And Easton Stick did just that. South Dakota State had two opportunities on third down, a third and six, and I think a third and nine, and Easton Stick Use those legs that should be insured by Lloyds of London to pick up a couple first downs to give the Bison their first Dakota marker win since 2015 as the good guys raced to the corner of the Fogger Dome and they raised that beautiful rock, that beautiful 80-pound piece of quartzite high into the air saying, this marker belongs to us. And so does a 1-0 record in Missouri Valley football conference play. And that's big, folks. Because it don't get any easier today. We're going down to Iowa. The stomping grounds of the presidential primaries. And it might be decision 2018 in November. We get, but we got Missouri Valley Football Conference decision 2018 there in northern Iowa with a big, big one kicking off at the Unidome at 1 o'clock. And you and I, man, they always play us tough. 
They're a physical football team. Offensively, they're about as vanilla as a plain wafer, but they're front seven, man. They're a lot like Code Green. Coach Kleiman said at his press conference earlier this week, they can penetrate, they put you back on your heels, and they like to get physical. And that's North Dakota State's Balawick. That's our ammo. That's what we do. So we're going to get another really, really good football game this afternoon in the Dome. And things after that, Patty, Patty Viverito, what are you doing, sister? You and I need to have a talk. Give the Bison SDSU, you and I, and Western Illinois to start the season with two of those on the road? Come on now. Come on now. Tell you what, folks, North Dakota State's not concerned. We talked to Robbie Grimsley. We'll visit with him in a few minutes about NDSU's first road trip of the season. And I'll tell you, despite the fact that the Bison haven't left the friendly confines of the Fargo Dome all year, something tells me will be just fine. Stay tuned. We got North Dakota State senior strong safety and captain and All-American Robbie Grimsley coming up right after this. Every week, Swanee goes one-on-one with NDSU's playmakers, the guys who make it happen for the Bison and continue the program's tradition and excellence. These guys are the strength of the herd. Heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM, the fan and 107.3 FM. We're joined by North Dakota State senior strong safety, Robbie Grimsley. Robbie, big win against the Jacks last week to start conference play. Yeah, that was important to get off to a good start. I think uh, everyone was prepared to play them ever since, you know, the loss last year. Um, we really wanted that rock back. Uh, I know the fans were missing it. I know a lot of former Bison players really wanted it back and um, us seniors, we wanted to go out with it. So that was a big win. How critical is it for you guys to start the conference season 1-0? and You've got a couple <clears throat> tough games coming up at Northern Iowa, then at Western Illinois. How big is it to start off conference play with a win? Yeah, I mean, the Missouri Valley is always so much different than the non-conference games we play. I mean, just to, the mentality is, is there, and I think especially with these first two games, they're going to be a challenge, and, and going on the road this week is going to be a big challenge, and if we can get these two out of our uh, under our belt, that'd be nice. Talk about last weekend against South Dakota State. They come out of the shoots, put up a touchdown, they're driving. Big interception by Jalen, and then Code Green more or less shut down those guys the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, we just kind of had to settle in, you know, um, they definitely showed some stuff that we hadn't seen from them this season. Um, and really, it was just kind of us getting used to the tempo, getting used to the plays they were running. And once we once we were able to settle down, we were able to communicate a little better and, and lock in. What kind of challenges does it present to you guys coming off a, a rivalry game like South Dakota State? And now you got another big rivalry game against the Panthers down in Iowa. Um, how do you guys deal with that and handle that? Um, we just take it one week at a time every week's a different week, obviously. And um, we, I mean, we know that there's some history between both South Dakota State and you and I. And I think we just try to take it one day at a time and you know, take advantage of Monday, take advantage of Tuesday, take advantage of Wednesday. And then uh, once Saturday comes, we'll be ready to play. Senior Robbie Grimsley, All-American with us here on Heard It Here with Swanee at 740 AM. The fan, Robbie, you guys have played four straight home games, haven't been on the road yet. How, how I mean... You're a senior, you've played plenty of road games, but this season, uh, what is that like for you guys now having to go on the road for the first time in 2018? Um, I don't know. I think we just, I mean, we kind of treat every road trip as a business trip. You know, obviously we leave uh, Friday afternoon, so we're not really ever gone too long. So that doesn't really change too much of what we do during the week. 
Um, so really, we just uh, doesn't really affect us too much. It's a normal game, one o'clock game. We play those all the time. So really, we're just treating it like another game. With Northern, Northern Iowa in particular, you guys have had a chance to see some tape on them. What are some things that they do, and what is Code Green going to need to do to stop their offense uh, uh, Saturday night? Um, really, um, the stuff they put on film is stuff we've all done before. Um, I think we have a ton of experience in the back end. We've all seen plays. We've all seen the, the, the formations and the stuff that they do. Uh, the biggest thing is going to get used to their stadium. I think it'll be – it's actually – I think it's an advantage for us. We'll be able to talk a little easier because it won't be so loud when they're on the field um, since it's actually an away game, which I know a lot of guys will um, be taking advantage of during the game. So as long as we're able to communicate, and we've seen all these, uh, a bunch of these plays before, so we should be able to lock them down. What did that mean for you guys being able had to, to hoist that Dakota marker last week? I mean, I know it's a 24-hour thing celebrated and on to the next opponent, but it had to have felt pretty good to get that Dakota marker back in the football complex here. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it meant a whole lot to a lot of guys, especially the seniors, because, I mean, when we were freshmen, we didn't even get to touch the rock. Uh, all the seniors and juniors at that time got to got to handle it and take pictures with it and all that stuff, and they were the ones hoisting it. and. And then we went two years without it. So just being able to run over there and, and hoist the rock and being able to take pictures with it and just know what that's like and know what that means for our fans and our uh, community is huge. With the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you know, we talked about starting off conference play 1-0, and but it doesn't get any easier for you guys this week with, with Northern Iowa. How, how important is it? I mean, I know every week's important, but to get South Dakota State and if you guys are able to beat UNI tonight, how big would that be for this team? Oh, it's big. I mean, they're two. They're always two of the top teams in the conference, and it, I mean, we got them right out of the gate. So, I think it's kind of nice that that we got them early in the season because we're. I mean, everyone's fresh. Everyone's ready to go. You're getting everyone's best shot, um, and that's that's what we bring to every other team. Though, I mean, we're giving South Dakota State our best shot. We're giving Northern Iowa our best shot. So. I mean, really, it's just going to be a battle of the powerhouses, and we'll see what happens. A lot of high expectations for the team this year, but you guys got have gotten big performances so far from Dan Marlette, Greg Menard, having those guys back from injury, and then Jabril Cox playing so very well. What does it mean for the defense, especially you as a captain, to have those guys playing alongside you? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you you always want the – I mean, they've put so much into this program. Greg, I mean, he's been playing for so long, and Dan, you know – the, the stuff he's done for us, especially when Nick has been down the last couple of years. So, I mean, you, you just feel for them when they went down, and it's awesome to have them back and be playing so well. And then, uh, obviously, Jabril's a special player, and we we really take advantage of his talents and put them in the best opportunities we can to win. And just seeing everyone succeed, and I think it brings everyone else up to another level as well. One last question for you here, Robbie Grimsley, strong safety for the Bison. Walk us through the play, uh, Jalen's big interception. It, it looked like they were running some sort of motion, but what were you seeing on that play where uh, Code Green got the pick? Uh, South Dakota State. Against South Dakota yeah. State, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really, uh, they were unbalanced. Um, so we the, we kind of adjust our defense to have the corner actually play the middle of the field. In Well, in that call we did, and um, I just, I don't think Tarn ever saw him there, I think, because most of the time our corners are low and hanging out on the other side. I think he just assumed that's where he'd be, so... Um, once he, he saw that guy running over the middle, I think he just thought he had him wide open. And I think that, that was a good play by Jalen to recognize him coming over the middle and just sort of try to get over there and get in between them. Robbie, best of luck this weekend and the rest of the year. Thank you. Appreciate it. Robbie Grimsley, senior captain, strong safety out of Hutchinson, Minnesota. And, and God bless those Minnesota golfers for being so great at recruiting, so thoughtful, so thorough that they let yet another how many FCS All-Americans have the Minnesota Gophers 
let get out of their own backyard. We'll gladly take every single last one of them. But Robbie Grimsley, man, tell you what, Robbie, seniors and veterans on this football team, that is so critical. This afternoon, that Unidome is going to be rocking. I've been to a game there back in 2014 when North Dakota State had their 33-game win streak, the longest win streak in the history of the SCS, snapped. Those fans are loud. That place echoes. Coach Kleiman said this week, it doesn't matter if there's 16,000 fans in the Unidome or 8,000. That place has the acoustics of your grandparents' basement bathroom. It gets all kinds of weird loud in there. The seats are that multicolored rainbow stuff from the 1970s that it looks like uh, Grimace and the Hamburglar and Soul Train just kind of got together, had a party. Someone decided this would be a great decor and design for a stadium. It's, it's absolutely hideous, but it is loud, man. But when you got seniors and leaders like Robbie Grimsley, that makes all the difference in the world when you go into a hostile environment. And sometimes I've heard coaches talk about this from Bill Belichick to, to, to you know Nick Saban to Chris Kleiman. When you're on the road and in a tough environment, the team coalesces. They lock out everything else because it's just the team and the coaches and the staff at the hotel before the game. And they're in this bunker lockdown mentality. Last year at the Fogo Dome, Robbie Grimsley, you remember the Bison offense, couldn't really get anything going. And it, it was Robbie's pick six in the first half that brought the Bison and the Dome to life. North Dakota State ultimately goes on to win the football game. We got a lot, lot more we're going to talk about on Her to Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, the fan, the top sports talker in all of the land. You can check out our show page on 740thefan.com with Herded Here with Swanee. We're going to have Nolan P. Schmidt, the editor-in-chief for Bison Illustrated, and Chase Miller of The Fan. We're going to roundtable some Missouri Valley Football Conference stuff and talk about another big one on the docket for the Bison. Right after this. As old as paper and ink, Nolan Schmidt brings his new school approach to Bison Illustrated as its editor-in-chief and joins Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. We're like meet the press or face the nation. The Sunday morning shows where the talking heads gather around the table. They'll have a lot to say. You can bet your bottom dollar on that about the state of North Dakota and some developments that we're a sports show, we're a football show. We're talking about the bison, but we're going to roundtable it, a discussion on uh, North Dakota State with Nolan P. Schmidt, editor of Bison Illustrated Magazine. Nolan and I got a weekly podcast that you can check out at bisonillustrated.com. And, of course, you all know Chase Miller from the fan. And, guys, I, w- I want to start where I want to start. Easton Stick and Taron Christian, the quarterback duel last week, and, and both of them were facing Really, really good defenses in North Dakota State's Code Green and, and South Dakota State. Boy, they, they impressed me with 9 of 11 of their starters on the defensive side, junior and seniors. They made it. They made for tough sledding for North Dakota State. And at the end of the day, though, it was Easton Stick who brought home the Dakota marker, throwing for, and this is, you know, I, I'm not sure, and, I, and I'll ask you this to start with. Here, I'll read you Easton Stick's stat line, 9 of 20, 182 passing yards. Two passing touchdowns. He tacked on an extra 78 rushing yards and a touchdown. So at the end of the day, he's at 250 total yards. What did you make of number 12's performance? Well, I mean, you know, I think Chase would agree. We we all would agree that 78 yards doesn't it's, it doesn't sound like enough. I feel like he had more just because you know 
he won the game with his legs, Swanee and Chase. I mean, that was the reason that the Bison won the game. Whenever they needed a play made, whether it was that third and long, I think it was over 20, 21 or something like that, he made a miraculous play that we would see from an NFL-level quarterback to get the first down. And, I mean, that was just in the first half. And, I mean, we referenced it, Swanee, on that pivotal third down. They needed to get a first down. They put it in the hands of Easton Stick, and Chris Kleiman just said, make a play. Use your legs, make a play. And he iced the game. So, I mean, 78 yards, it might not jump off the page when you look at the box score, guys, but to me, that is the most vital number because North Dakota State doesn't win the game if Easton Stick doesn't have those 78 yards, in my opinion. And the passing completion is where you'd want to be if you're a defense, right? Normally when you're playing an NDSU team and if you can hold the quarterback maybe a little south of 50% or right around 50% completions, that means you're doing well enough job in the passing game, and then you just have to hold enough against that onslaught of running backs and the running attack that's coming at you like an avalanche. But as you said, third and 21, Easton State gets 22 yards. You know, when they need the first down at the end of the game, he pulls it out of the halfback and goes for it. So at the end of the day, those 78 yards might feel like 185 yards if you're a South Dakota State Jackrabbit fan. And that's my biggest deal moving forward against Northern Iowa later today, guys, or the, or when they play Western or when they play the Youngstown States of the world is if you can hold Easton Stick, Carson Wentz, Brock Jensen, and so forth, and the quarterbacks moving forward, if you can hold them to around a 9 of 18 passing day or 7 of 16 passing day, it's going to be a close ball game. But if those quarterbacks can throw for 10 of 15, 11 of 17 for 220 yards and a couple of touchdowns, that tells me the play action game is working and someone's getting beat deep with a safety. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I would agree with Nolan that those rushing yards became vital as the game progressed, especially late in the game. Every, every one of those yards, and that's such a great point, guys, every one of those yards mattered. Every one of those yards where I think that 78 felt like 178 because they were just devastating. They were demoralizing. We talked earlier this morning about the counterpunch. And whenever North Dakota State needed a big play, whenever South Dakota State had NDSU's backs pinned against that proverbial wall, it was old, steady and ready Easton Stick making the big play on that last drive of the game and then on those scoring drives. And he's a guy, he's got 10 total touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, five passing touchdowns. One of the things that you know seems to be different, and this is just totally anecdotal, and I'm, and I'm looking at the stat sheet in the numbers here, but it seems that NDSU is much more comfortable this season with Coach Messingham calling the plays for Easton. They're taking shots down the field in the passing game. It's not that more traditional West Coast type of offense where it's the seven-yard outs or the quick slants. And, you know, the, the idea in the West Coast offense is the yak, yards after catch, right? You want the receiver to catch it in space and take off running. But we saw it early in the game where – uh, Coach Messingham dialed up some deep balls and took some shots down the field on home run balls with, with Easton Stick. And I don't know that we've seen that from this Bison offense since Carson Wentz was the quarterback. Just that that comfort level driving the ball down the field on those 20-plus yard throws with the Bison offense. And, I mean, you know, Courtney Messingham, Chris Kleiman, anybody will say it. They're just taking what the defense has given them. And, I mean, we talked about it, Swanee, when defenses want to stuff the box with seven or eight guys to stop Bruce Anderson, to stop Lance Dunn, to stop Ty Brooks. You know, 
that lo- opens up the the lanes behind the linebackers and the safeties to take those deep shots. And I think that's what we're seeing more than anything. I don't know if it's a product of NDSU wanting to dial up those plays. They're just simply taking what the defense has given them. And obviously we know from here on out in Missouri Valley football, every single Valley opponent is going to sell out to stop that core of buys and running backs. And what does that open up? I mean, Chris Kleiman hinted at it at his press conference going into the game today. It's the matter of safeties and linebackers getting those seams behind both of them. And we saw it, you know, in the first quarter, I think it was three or four deep balls that Easton Stick laid out. And, you know, you make a great point, Swanee. I don't, we haven't seen that since Carson Wentz's senior year. And, I mean, if you remember, Carson Wentz missed half of his senior year because Easton Stick had to come in because of the wrist injury. And moving forward to for to this game specifically, it's the letdown game, right? Because you had yeah. such an emotional victory. It was a couple of years since you had the rock. So can you come out the first five, ten minutes and take that first punch, so to speak, by Northern Iowa? Because this is they don't have a quality win on their resume right now. Yeah. If if you're looking at Northern Iowa, they're two and two. They're one zero in the conference. Your one win is Indiana State. They had an extra couple of days to prep for NDSU because you and I played on Thursday last week so can NDSU have that mental not so much physical but that mental mindset going on the road not having to let down the first couple minutes and find yourself down early in a football game it's been tough at the UNI Dome that's probably been one of the toughest venues for Bison teams since they've joined the Valley to go down there and play a quality 60-minute football game so I would agree with the passing attack and trying to continue to air it deep if Darius Shepard is healthy you're going to see him Take a couple of strikes. Obviously, Ben Ellison, all he does is catch touchdowns, you know, when he's in the red zone for, for big yards. But my biggest thing today, guys, is the letdown against the Northern Iowa team, which is going to be a hornet's nest going into that UNI dome. No, there, there's a, a funny story down in UNI last time. I went down in the game in 2014. I get I didn't get down there a couple of years ago, and that was a game where North Dakota State, we were talking about it on the podcast, Nolan, the Bison just couldn't put the Panthers away. NDSU was up a touchdown or 10 points, and they'd have the ball, and they'd turn it over, or they'd have a bad series offensively. And, and you and I kept hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And, and this is a Panthers team where their their defense is always good, but their quarterback, Eli Dunn, North Dakota State, has absolutely feasted off of him. That guy might be having flashbacks and post-traumatic stress syndrome from facing the Bison defense. He was sacked something like, I think, what, nine times? Last year, North Dakota State had two or three interceptions, added a couple more fumbles. He's he's more of that pocket passer. He's not a guy that's going to beat you with his legs. And what has been the recipe for success for opponents against North Dakota State the last better part of a decade? You need the mobile quarterback. You need a guy like Taron Christian because when you're stuck in that pocket, boy, oh, boy, here comes Greg Menard. Here comes Karch. Here comes Steidel. Here comes Williams, dun, 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 the posse, the Bison defense. I just made that up. That was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. That was awful. I was trying not to laugh. I was, I, when I started doing that, I'm like, where am I going with this? But, yeah, the Bison defense makes a living off pocket passers. And one of the things Coach Kleiman was asked at his press conference this week is do you expect UNI's backup to play who's more mobile? And I would, mm-hmm. I would suspect at some point this afternoon – we're going to see UNI's backup quarterback because North Dakota State has just been so darn effective in getting after Dunn, and I think they're going to want to add that element of mobility when facing the Bison defensive front. But at the same time, you know, is Mark Farley, you know, okay with taking out a guy who's played and has has had experience against the Bison 
for a guy who hasn't. I mean, that, I mean, that's another question too. But you know, I agree with you, Swanee. We talked about it. Eli Dunn's turned the ball over. I think I think nine times in the last two games, including three fumbles alone at the at the dome last year. And in that game where they where NDSU couldn't put him away at the Uni Dome two years ago, Eli Dunn still threw four interceptions. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster for any football team. If your quarterback throws four interceptions, you deserve to lose the football game. But yet they were still hanging around because of their defense. So, I mean, Chris Kleiman was asked about it, and he said he doesn't believe that Eli Dunn's going to get pulled. They're not going to see the backup in any capacity. And I kind of tend to agree with him because, you know, Eli Dunn has that experience, albeit it's not, you know, great stats, great, you know, sample size for Eli Dunn. But at the same time, he knows how that defense works to some degree. And at this, I mean, you know, I think their defense is what's going to keep them in it. You know, you, you alluded to it, Swanee. They just can't put him away because of the defense. And on the flip side, Easton Stick hasn't played his best game against Northern Iowa either. No, and to your point, Nolan, I was just going to bring out some of his stats. Last time Easton Stick was down at the Unidome in 2016, not that it was Easton Stick's game, but obviously we, we tend to look at the quarterbacks a little more. He was 8 of 16, 118 yards passing, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And those are the things, again, that we mentioned earlier. Those are the stats where you want to limit a Bison passing attack if you can stop the run Enough. You know the Bison are going to get over 100 yards rushing just because the amount of times that they hand the football off. But the only thing that hurts if you're a Northern Iowa fan the last two times he played NDSU and sacks come into a part of it. In 2017 at the Dome, the Panthers only with 48 rushing yards. And in 2016, guys, only with 68 rushing yards. So to to the point of it, it gets tough, difficult against a Bison defense if they know they can pin their ears back and they can stop the run with only three or four guys, you know, pressuring. They don't have to bring a run blitz. That's where it could be dangerous for Northern Iowa or any team, for that matter, going up against the Bison defense. North, North Dakota State needs to be efficient on first downs, and that's something Coach Kleiman referenced it at his presser this week. North Dakota State against, if you go back even to the North Alabama game, and, and particularly, and, and credit to South Dakota State, they're they're a really good defense. They They might be one of the best defenses that North Dakota State sees all year. But they were very, very stingy, and North Dakota State's rushing attack never really got off the ground. Ha! Ah, ah, ha! That was a bad pun. North Dakota State's rushing offense didn't get off the ground. But Lance Dunn, Bruce Anderson, we haven't seen those explosive runs, those big carries. So you wonder this week against the Panthers if North Dakota State, and they ran the ball, the Bison, ran the ball 47 times for 207 yards against the Jacks. So that's 4.4 yards per carry. But, you know, that that explosive home run play from the Bison rushing attack, that's been absent. It was absent against the Jacks. We really didn't see too much of it against North Alabama. And the season, now that the season's starting to unpack itself a little bit and we know more about these teams, I would suspect that North Dakota State is really going to want to try to get whether it's Bruce Anderson or Lance Dunn, I thought the Bison's most effective running back against the Jacks was Ty Brooks with some of his gash plays. So I wonder if we don't see more of a, a commitment to that or some more explosive plays trying to get some of the Bison running backs to the perimeter today. I think, you know, Ty Brooks offers that change of pace, and, and I think that's why he's been so successful in all four games. I mean, he's gashed defenses for a big chunk of yardage because he's able to change that pace. But, you know, you look at Lance Dunn, and here's the thing. You can say what you will about a player's mindset going into a game, 
But Lance Dunn's from Waterloo, Iowa, was recruited by UNI, decided to go to NDSU. He's from the area. It's his last game in his home area. I mean, the last time he played at the Uni Dome, I think he ran for over 110 yards, and I'm just rattling that off the top of my head. It's over 110. He had a great game the last time he played against UNI in the Uni Dome. I'm more inclined to believe that Lance Dunn's going to be fired up for this game where we see like a game like Cal Poly where he gets six carries and three of them are touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying the exact carbon copy will occur today, but I'm saying you know Lance Dunn's going to be fired up to play at the Unidome today. He always is, and I'm more inclined to believe that he's going to have a big day today. And the one thing, too, which we, we haven't seen in a long time is Lance Dunn's not the feature running back. You know, yeah. Bruce Anderson or, or is not the feature running back. Ty Brooks isn't the feature running back. So if you only need Ty Brooks for five plays, but he gets you 15 yards per play because of his health and his uh, his elusiveness and, and how he comes in run, running differently is what makes these guys so unique. A little bit of humble pie kind of goes to them, too, because they're not getting 20, 30 carries a game, but it makes them fresh for once they get to the postseason and the playoffs, and that's what NDSU has built the game plan for better than anybody else is understanding from week one to week 15 what it takes to get from Cal Poly at the Fargo Dome trying to find their way uh, down to Frisco. Yeah, last year when the Bison played the Panthers in Fargo, Lance Dunn obviously was hurt with that hip injury in 2016 down at the Uni Dome. Nolan, to your point, 23 touches, rushed the ball for 118 yards. Friends, I want to thank a few of our sponsors on Herd It Here with Swanee, Peterman Seeds, Seaberg Power Sports, Essentia Health, Yonke Insurance, and Altendorf Truck. And after the break, we are going to have our game time predictions on Herd It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? I got some trouble, friends. See, I got the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, calling me and saying, Swan. Man, you're writing some big checks talking about the buys and scoring 800 points every week. And last last week, I hope you didn't make any bets based on my game time predictions. Because on the, on the defensive side of the ledger, I've been pretty close, but I get excited, man. I get too worked up, and I'm like, yeah, Dolan and Chase, I'm like, the buys and we're going to score 800 points. We're going to put up like 58 points against one of the best defenses in the FCS. And. And I'm like, wow, I wasn't even yeah, 21 points. I was I was a little over-exuberant with my game-time prediction, so I think I need to reel it a little bit back this week. It's like uh, when you're a little kid, you know, when you have your favorite football team on Saturday or Sunday. Like, I'm a Colts fan, so, like, when the Colts play the Patriots, you know, I want to go in, I'm going to say, okay, the Colts are easily going to – they're going to rack up 70 on New England this week. I mean, it's going to be easy. That's essentially what you're what you're getting at here. You're picking as I would do if I were six I, years old. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm yeah. picking like I'm I'm picking like yeah. my nine year old nephew Grady, <laughs> like playing playing a Madden football or NCAA football where you got it on you know JV or rookie mode or whatever, and you've got that one play that works every time for a touchdown. And yeah, that that ain't real life, Chase man. I'm I'm a little little over the top with my scores lately. Well, we know that you like to bleed green and yellow or green and gold, so it, it's fine. It happened. So far, you've technically – we've all technically been correct because I think at this point, Nolan, Swanee, and myself have all picked the buys, and we haven't gone against the grain. And I was close last week to go against the grain, 
But I said, and that plus three home field advantage deal kind of seems to work out pretty well. So we'll see if anybody goes different today down at the Uni Dome. Yeah, our, our friends at uh, Weldon's Tire Service, Valley Tire, Chris Heise, American Family Insurance Agent, Legacy Wealth Management, and TRS Industries, they might be calling up the studio and saying, hey, Swan, Swan's doing a great show, man. We like him. He's a excitable, happy-go-lucky guy, but you guys uh, need to temper temper that. So with that, let's get right into it. I, I see this game being real similar to the game that North Dakota State had last weekend with South Dakota State where you have two really, really good defenses going up against each other and the team that can be more effective at that counterpunch. But one, one area where I think North Dakota State – does rebound a little bit. I I think NDSU will be better on first downs, and I don't know. Easton Stick left a lot of throws on the field, a lot of those. And, and Coach Kleiman referenced that. Well, a few might have, probably should have been caught, but I think he's. I think NDSU is going to want to be and will be more efficient. So, but I, I think just generally speaking, we're going to see another four-quarter tight football game at the Uni Dome. You know, what I want to see is I want to see a better push from the offensive line. Over the last couple weeks, I mean, we've seen, we haven't seen the gaudy numbers that we saw against Cal Poly, and nor should we expect it against teams like, you know, even North Alabama, who was a good defensive team, a good fast defensive team in South Dakota State. But, I mean, I think the offensive lineman for NDSU would admit that they haven't gotten the best push on opposing defensive lines over the past few weeks. I'd like to see that, and if that happens, guys, I think this game gets broken wide open because I don't have faith in Eli Dunn. I think I alluded to that earlier. And, I mean, if he's not there, and, I mean, we're not confident in UNI's running game, we're not confident they don't have some of the same skill players that they had last year. I mean, I don't know if I have a ton of confidence in the offense scoring a ton of points on this defense. That's the thing for me. I'd like to see how the offensive line responds this week. And for Northern Iowa, they played, what, Iowa and Montana. So two quality teams there, but they both picked up losses. And then their two wins are against Indiana State, who traditionally the last couple of years has been at the bottom of the barrel of the improved. Valley. They're an improved team. I- improved, but they're still a team that you expect. Right. If you're a North Dakota State fan and you see that game, you're expecting a W by that result. Yep. And then you go up against Hampton, which, again, you should go in to expect that you should go out to beat Hampton. So this is, again, I said a little bit earlier, but this is a resume-building win for you and I. If not, they're in the same situation. It seems like mid-October, they have three or four losses, and we're saying the Panthers are playing for their playoff lives moving forward. So with that being said, guys, I still like a close game just for whatever reason. You can throw records out the door sometimes when you play teams, especially at their venue, and I think that's the case with North Dakota State and Northern Iowa, that no matter what, it's going to be normally a one- or two-possession game. I'm going to go 24-14 with this one just because if Easton Stick has the same type of throwing, I'm not going to say inconsistency, but just doesn't hit a couple of guys early on in that game, and Northern Iowa can just play with the six-man, seven-man front and not have to blitz too much to get to him, and they can take care of the running game, then that makes it a little bit trickier offensively. I agree. I don't think UNI is going to have much offensively on the firepower, so to speak, to go up against North Dakota State man-to-man. But if their defense gets a turnover, they do something well in the special teams, that can flip the game plan pretty quick. So I, I think North Dakota State will win. They'll get to 5-0, and 2-0 and on the Valley with a 24-14 victory. Yeah, the for both defenses, they're not defenses where you're going to have a ton of big plays, your chunk plays. You're not going to have a, a 4, 5, 30, 40-yard plays. They're – North Dakota State and UNI's defenses are so salty, so disciplined, and so good. You have to put together a sustained drive. They're going to make you go 
60, 70 yards down the field, where I think North Dakota State has the advantage. The Bison might not be picking up touchdowns every drive, but I think they'll move the ball. I think they'll flip the field, get good field position. And that Garrett Wagner, to me, is starting to emerge as one of the most important players on this football team. The punter, the punter, with all due reverence to our four father punters like Mike Dragosevich, that Garrett Wagner pinned SDSU deep when it mattered most and gave North Dakota State a short field to work with. And I think that's the difference in this football game. The one thing where you, I don't know that it came up this week, but Northern Iowa played Indiana State last Thursday. So they got two more days of rest. There's there's no injuries. Coach Klimas said everyone should be able to go. Guys are bumped, dinged up, bruised after the South Dakota State game. But I think, you know, the way I'm looking at it, I'll hold off on my predictions for a few minutes. But, Chase, I'm seeing things real similar to how you're seeing them this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, Swanee. I just think, you know, I I don't have confidence in you and I's offense. I, I really don't. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything against their defense, but, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Coming into the even the Delaware game or the South Dakota State game, we said, okay, if they can score, you know, 17, 20, 24 points against this Bison defense, they're setting themselves up to be in a position to win the football game. I truly, given the weapons that you and I has on offense, I don't think they can get to that mark. It's that simple for me. I, I, I mean, NDSU can be vanilla. They can be whatever on offense, but on defense, if they're able to shut down you and I, I mean, the, the game is, is pretty much in hand. I mean, we saw it against Delaware. We saw it against North Alabama. We even saw it to a degree against South Dakota state last week, in my opinion. The one thing going into this game that we just haven't seen from this team yet is the road game, right? Just because it is the first time this team has gone the road. Chris Kleiman talked about that a little bit earlier, saying, hey, that's where you hope your 25 seniors and the rest of the juniors can kind of tell the younger guys if this is their first road game that this is what's to be expected, how you handle your business, being a business road trip. And that's my only kind of thing that you go you – go, how will they play early on in an environment that's not the Fargo Dome? That the first time this season, it's fans cheering against you, not for you, from the majority. I don't think it's as big of a deal as maybe I'm trying to say it might be, but at the end of the day, it's a new hurdle for this team to overcome because once you get through UNI and Cedar Falls, no disrespect to Macomb, but that's not as much of a you know um, road environment that you're they're going to see today at Cedar Falls. Yeah, and it's 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 not a make or break game for the Panthers, but it's pretty close because sitting two and two in the league, one and or one and zero oh in conference overall. You drop that one, you still got to play South Dakota State. You still got to play Western Illinois. Missouri State is a resurgent team that's back in the polls for the first time since Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a real pivotal game for them, but also for the Bison. You get past this week, you've got your two rivals who you've beaten. You'll be two and zero, oh, two of the best teams in the conference, and you're only done with the second week of conference play. So to, to get a win at UNI in and of itself is a big thing. But North Dakota State will have really positioned themselves well heading into the rest of October and the first few weeks of November if they can come out of UNI with a win. And I'm, and I'm thinking for that reason, I think it's North Dakota State. I think early the game might be close. We might have a 14-3 to, to three or 14-0 to zero or even a 13. And, it, and it's a game where – it's going to be awfully tough for either team to score in the red zone. That'll be so critical. Field goals don't beat you. The team that can take advantage of their red zone opportunities, I think, is the team that'll win this football game. And I see North Dakota State doing that. Let's temper the expectations. Oh, wait. Should we go nuts? I can't. I can't help myself, man. 400. I can't help myself if if the Bison were playing God. 
in a hurricane, who would win? Well, God's pretty good, but I like the bison. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the bison. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can because I'm a maniac. I'm out of control. Jason Nolan on Herded Here with Swatty on 740 AM, the fan. All right. <laughs> let's go 45. <laughs> All right, let's dial it back a little bit. 42. <laughs> Gosh. 35. Okay. We'll dial we'll it back by a field goal. Is, is Nolan's as close as yours quick, or where's yeah. no, Nolan going? Nolan, where are you 27-13 Bison. <laughs> All right. For, 42-10 to 10 Bison. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe I'm – I know Your better. Your score is double than Nolan and I yeah. has put together. <laughs> my, you know, whenever I say stuff like this, my, my wife's eyes roll. She looks at me, and she's like, you know better. But I got faith. I got faith in the Bison that they're going to get the job done this afternoon. This is Herder here with Swatty at 7.40 a.m. The Fan and 107.3 FM reminding you that the strength of the herd is the bison and the strength of the bison is the herd.